The voice of Motown, West Virginia's leader in news, analysis, and rumors, proudly presents the Voice of Motown podcast, featuring your boys, Brandon and Tyler. Take it away, gentlemen. All right, this is the Voice of Motown podcast. I'm Tyler Peppy. And I'm Brandon Cork, and this is a WVU sports podcast by two suffering WVU fans. All right, guys, thank you for listening today. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like getting your podcasts. Today, we are going to be breaking down the backyard brawl. We'll tell you what we're most excited for heading into week one of college football, and we'll give you some fun over-unders for the WVU versus Pitt game. And to help us break down the backyard brawl, we have our very special guest, Alan Saunders. Alan, thanks for coming on today, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah. If you guys aren't familiar with his work, he's a journalist for Pittsburgh Sports Now, Steelers Now, and AP Sports. So it's an honor to have him on. Let's just dive right into it. So uh, the Backyard Brawl is back. What's the buzz like in Pittsburgh, man? It's, you know, it's interesting because there's a lot going on this time of year. You know, the NFL is just getting started too. And I think sometimes the start of college football season, especially because traditionally that first game is like that you know, cupcake kind of thing. I always feel like college football, the start of it, it always kind of gets overlooked. Man, not this year. There is a buzz uh, for sure around the city. And I just think the fan bases, having not played each other in so long, you know, maybe it'll be different as we go through this, uh, you know, four-year cycle and it won't feel this way every year. But I think everybody's just really fired up and excited about getting to see this game again. Uh, Certainly feels that way here in Pittsburgh anyway. Yeah, and it, yeah, I think you can definitely tell that both sides have been waiting for this game for way too long. I mean, we quoted a stat on our last podcast where WVU pit tickets are like the third most expensive ticket in all of college football right now. Um, very exciting to see. Um, what do you think Pitt's biggest advantage is in this game? What should WVU fans be worried about? I think Pitt's biggest advantage in this game might not necessarily be Pitt's strength for the whole season, but I think Pitt's biggest advantage in this game is that they have five returning starters on the offensive line. And that is an extremely rare thing in college football. And I think when you think about sort of like the weird things that can happen in week one of a college football season, like, you know, even if teams with individually talented offensive linemen when you put it together the first time, sometimes it just doesn't click the way you thought it was going to. Um, that's an unknown that is scary for a lot of coaches. And with Pitt having all five guys back, I just think for this game specifically, like they weren't even a world-beating offensive line last year. Like I don't think they're going to have the best offensive line in the ACC or anything like that necessarily. But just for game one, to have all five guys back in the same spot, I just think it it brings a level of comfort to the entire offense that most teams – the first week of the season don't really have. And I definitely think this week that'll be an advantage for Pitt. Yeah, I think we can relate to that because WVU also has five returning starters. And that's, you know, what the WVU fan base keeps talking about as well, because we did not have a good year last year on our offensive line. And so, uh, yeah, we keep talking about that too, that it's, it's probably the most important position in football to have cohesion and everyone back. So uh, we feel you there. So to kind of to flip the question, in your opinion, what advantages does WVU have over Pitt? What's uh, Pitt's biggest concern? 
Well, I think one of the things is that this is unfamiliar territory for most of these guys. Last year when Pitt was having its best season in program history, or at least, you know, 40 years of program history, uh, it was a unexpected development. You know, everybody thought Pitt was going to be pretty good. Everybody thought Kenny Pickett was a pretty good quarterback. Um, nobody expected him to break all of Dan Marino's records. No one expected him to win the ACC. Uh, everything was throughout the entire season way above expectations. And I think now in this game, with Pitt coming off the season it had and West Virginia coming off the season that it had, uh, all of a sudden that's flipped a little bit. I think there are a lot more expectations on Pitt in this game right now uh, than there were really at any point last season when they had so much success. And it's different guys. You know, it's not the same team. And so they've got to live up to those expectations that these guys didn't necessarily earn. You know, that's, that's coming from what uh, Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison did last year. So I think that's an interesting sort of psychological part to this game. Uh, will we see uh, Pitt continue on the same trajectory now that they're a team that is expected to win, that is a big favorite at home in a rivalry game. That's not something we've seen from them to this point. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and that's one thing. Too. Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. No, I was going to say, yeah. You know, looking at the matchups from WVU against Pitt, it's like WVU strengths. Our defensive line is our strength and we're going up against the experienced offensive line. Um, we have a new quarterback and young and experienced receivers outside of one or two guys going up against probably Pitt's weakest thing. So our biggest question marks are, you know, Pitt's going up against Pitt's weaknesses. And then our biggest strengths are going up against Pitt's strengths. So it's a really hard one for me as a WVU fan to kind of go in and say, yeah, you know, we're going to really go in here and roll. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think if we WVU has a shot, it's just going to be on emotions and, you know, kind of upsetting those expectations, like you said. Um, is what's going to get WVU over the hump. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, um, how, how do you feel about um, Keldon Slovis? Um, do you think that he can take over from Kenny Pickett and take you guys back to the ACC championship game? I think Keaton Slovis is a very talented player with a lot to prove. And sometimes that works really, really well. And as you've seen, you know, it, it doesn't always, you know. I think that's why he ended up winning this quarterback battle. And I think Nick Patty is a very good college quarterback. He's obviously not the same kind of NFL potential that, that Slovis is. And that's why you got to go with that guy. You got to see if he can do what he's capable of, because if he can, like if Keaton Slovis comes in and plays to his full potential, um, Pitt's going to be very close to winning the ACC, if not doing it. And he's going to be a first round draft pick. I mean, that's how good he can be. Um, he can also be a lot less good than that. And, um, you know, there's there's question marks there. It's not like he's some kind of sure thing or, or proven commodity. But I think you like the upside and the talent and that you hope that, that he can live up to it if, if you're Pitt and you're Pat Narduzzi. And the other nice thing that Pitt has is that um, they're not – if it goes very badly, they're not married to him. They have a very experienced backup who is a pretty good college quarterback. So uh, it's not like their season is over if Keaton Slovis doesn't turn out to be um, the player that that he's hoped to be able to be. Uh, they have another option. So I think they're in about as good of a place as, 
as they can be considering, you know, you're replacing a player, the caliber of Kenny Pickett. You're almost always not going to feel as good at that position as you did a year ago. But, you know, I think they've, they've done a pretty good job of putting themselves in a, give themselves a good chance of having pretty good quarterback play this year. Do, do you have concerns about Slovis? Like I know his first year, he seemed to do extremely well at USC. Second year was a little down. Third year was better, but shortened. Um, so, you know, do, do you feel like there's a chance that he might be a little overhyped? I think the arm talent is real. I don't have any question about that. Um, he's not that mobile. And so I think, you know, one of the things that hurt him was that USC's offensive line was not particularly good. And he did not do, in addition to not being mobile, I don't think he did a great job of dealing with the pressure, you know, in, in sort of the mental processing kind of ways and taking care of the football and uh, taking what's available to you all the time. Sometimes that's a maturity thing. And sometimes that's just things that quarterbacks aren't that good at. So, um, you know, it's certainly possible for him to improve in those areas. I think he'll probably get better offensive line play. I also think Pitt is just going to run the ball a lot more this year than they did last year. And really um, they're not going to need Keaton Slovis to be, Kenny Pickett like because they're not going to throw the ball anywhere near as much as they did last year. They really like their their rotation at running back. They have three guys in Vincent Davis, Israel Benacanda, and Rodney Hammond that they all really like, and I think all of them can be really good running backs. And so they want to get them all the ball. And when you have three proven guys at running back that you want to get to the ball and a quarterback that's like, well, maybe he's good. Well, then you just run the ball more. You know, that that's like a really easy decision to make for, especially for a new offensive coordinator and Frank Signetti. So, you know, I think they're just going to try to, to minimize the impact of the quarterback on the game compared to last year. And yeah, I mean, I think there are certainly some issues that Slovis, especially if you're looking at him as not just a college quarterback, but as an NFL draft prospect, like there's things he needs to be better at. Um, and, and that processing is is definitely one of them. But the arm talent is is real, and, and I don't think anybody has any questions about that. Yeah, Keenan Slovis, I mean, he's got over 50 passing touchdowns already, um, you know, against Power 5 competition. So he seems to, you know, proven that he does have the talent. And um, I'm actually going to jump down on our questions because you brought up something I wanted to talk about later. But it does seem like, you know, Pitt is going to run the ball more this year based on Pat Narduzzi's comments and having a new offensive coordinator now. And, um, you know, I was looking at something. They were towards the bottom in play action last year because, uh, what was it, Whipple? Was that your offensive coordinator last year? He just wanted to keep slinging it, you know, (laughs) every chance he got. And, um, you know, it sounds like that you're pretty confident you guys have the personnel to have a successful running game. Do you think that's true? I do. I think they can run the ball. And yeah, when you're a pass first team, and I think they passed about 60 some percent of the time last year, you don't want to run play action. Like the run is the surprise, right? You, you know, instead of running play action, you run draws, right? That That's sort of what you do. Instead, you get them thinking pass and then you, then the run is a surprise. So they did a lot more of that. They were also in the shotgun a good bit last year. I think they'll probably be under center a little bit more. Um, you know, they really like their tight end. Gavin Bartholomew was a a, a really solid freshman last year and, and I think can be even better uh, in his sophomore year. And so you know, the, I could see, you know, some some two running back sets. I, the, you know, you have a good tight end. You have a very experienced offensive line. Yeah, I think they're going to run the ball and I think they're going to be pretty good at it. 
Um, the other thing is, I mean, Pat Narduzzi is a defensive coach. He gives his offensive play callers a good amount of latitude to do whatever they want. He hires experienced offensive coordinators for that reason. But, I mean, if you let him call the offensive plays, I'm not sure they would throw ever. Like, that's just his personality. He wants to keep his defense off the field and keep that clock ticking, and he is an old-school Big Ten, win-the-game-3-0 kind of guy. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just sort of the personality of the football team. And I could certainly see him wanting them to get uh, back to that a little bit. And that would be interesting, too. Uh, I'm going to jump down one more question as well. Um, you mentioned Gavin Bartholomew, but, you know, you guys also added in um, Kanata Mumpfield. I might have butchered that. but no, you nailed it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> but uh, he uh, had a tremendous year last year at Akron, uh, freshman All-American, and, you know, taking over for Jordan Addison, that's going to be great. And for him being kind of a, a bigger receiver and then Bartholomew being a tight end, if you, it seems like running the I formation um, is just a natural fit and then running playoff play action to those type of guys. So do you feel the hurt of losing, losing Jordan Addison being lessened a little bit by um, Bartholomew having another year and Mumpfield joining the team? Yeah, and it's actually, I think, you know, I think everything that we're talking about there is a little bit related. You know, we just spent a long time talking about how Pitt isn't going to throw the ball as much this year. And then it's wide receiver wants to transfer. You know, I have, I have a feeling those two things might be a little bit related. And, you know, when you want to run the ball, but then you have this Bolitnikov winning wide receiver, like th- th- that's there's conflict there, right? As an offense, you're like, well, hey, we have to get Jordan Addison the ball. He's really good. But also – we want to run like this is what we want our identity to be. And so I I do feel like those two things were kind of in conflict this spring. And I think it's one of the reasons that Addison's not on the team anymore, but yeah, I mean, Mumfield's a big receiver. Uh, Jared Wayne is an enormous receiver and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, you got two big receivers and a good tight end and three running backs you like. Um, Yeah. It seems like that's a running football team to me. Uh, And yeah, that, I think that can be a good thing for them. They'll they'll need to throw the ball, obviously, especially when you get into ACC, and there will be some teams that can move the ball on Pitt's defense. I mean, specifically thinking about like Virginia, Miami, you know, teams with really good quarterbacks. You know, they're going to be harder to slow down. But I think Pitt should feel like this game specifically is probably a game where they can keep low scoring and and just try to to you know play that sort of Big Ten football. And, and keep it a low-scoring, low-possession game and, and run the ball. And that sounds like, um, you know, something that might tie into our next question, um, where with West Virginia last year, we tried to do that against some of the more scary offensive teams in the Big 12, particularly Oklahoma, and our offense just completely sputtered out. I mean, we lost that game, what, 14-7, 17-7, something like that. It was the closest we've ever played Oklahoma, but – it was just disappointing that we lost that way because we couldn't score points. And, um, you know, we, we added in two big new offensive threats in JT Daniels and Graham Harrell. So, you know, knowing West Virginia was kind of more of an anemic offense last year, do you see JT Daniels and Graham Harrell? Um, do they make West Virginia a little bit more scarier um, as a matchup for Pitt? I think the thing that is the question mark there to me is the wide receiver talent. Because I think if you look at some of the games that Pat Narduzzi's defense has played against air raid style offenses, um, there's some success there. And Pitt's going to press. 
and they're going to push guys around the line of scrimmage. And their defensive line, I mean, is one of the best I've ever seen put together. It's inc- it's re- it's so deep. Um, they probably have five or six guys that are going to be NFL players on it. Wow. Um, and so they're they're going to get to the quarterback and they're going to jam you at the line and not let you make rhythm throws. But you can get beat deep doing that. And um, there are some games in that history. Uh, if you want to go look at what Oklahoma State did with Mason Rudolph and James Washington against that game plan, uh, it worked really, really well. They scored a million points in, two, in back-to-back games. I think that JT Daniels can be a Mason Rudolph. Does West Virginia have a James Washington? I'm not so sure. You know, I, I don't know that they have that deep threat wide receiver that can make Pitt really pay for being in press coverage all day long. If, you know, if they're able to, to show that, then they can probably uh, connect on some of those uh, deeper routes that, that the air raid is, you know, sort of famous for. Uh, if not, I think they could struggle moving the ball because when you're an air raid team and you don't get into a rhythm, you end up in third and long all the time. And that's where Pitt's defense is really good. That defensive line really gets after it, and they start to dial up some exotic blitzes and use coverages. And, and that's where turnovers happen, and that's what happened to Clemson last year, is that Clemson got themselves in a lot of third and long, and DJ Uliagalele, who's a very talented quarterback, uh, he couldn't deal with the pressure, turn the ball over a bunch, and then the game turned into a blowout. And so I, I think that's the, the big key for West Virginia is – getting into a rhythm and staying out of those third and longs and, and then connecting on some of those deep passes. I think it will really come down to how much can their wide receivers win against the pit secondary. Yeah. You brought up the, the pits D line. I mean, the two most impressive guys I think on your entire team are Cansey and Baldonado. Those guys are monsters on your defensive line and the Mountaineer offensive line is going to have to play lights out to slow them down. So, I mean, you, you see them play every week. What makes those two guys so good? I think it's that it's not just those two guys. Um, that That's really, I mean, this is a kind of defensive line that just sort of comes at teams in waves. And, you know, I think Kalaji Kansi is a really twitchy guy for a defensive tackle and that he will have some plays where, uh, you know, just when you're charting it from the offensive perspective, you're just going to put an X there and say like, well, eight just kind of wrecked it. Like, well, I don't know. It didn't really matter. He, he hurtled the guard and tackled the quarterback before he could hand the ball off. And I don't know, we'll just try better next time. So he <laughs> has that going for him that is very unique and, and sort of, a thing that you don't see day in and day out in college football. But I think really the strength of the rest of the line is that they're going to rotate probably eight deep all game long. And they just, they're all good. Like there's nobody in that rotation that uh, is not a concern or a worry uh, for another team. And I'll be perfectly honest. Like, you know, the, the really funny thing is that the players that, everybody's talking about right now as sort of the, the standard bears, of that defensive line, Hoppe Baldonado and, and, and Cansey, they aren't the highest rated recruits on it. Those are the younger guys that haven't even really gotten a shot to play yet. Guys like Dayon Hayes and Elliot Donald. And, um, like if, if, you know, if you start to get some of those young guys playing like they're capable of, I, I don't know. I don't know that teams are going to be able to have an answer for a, a line with that much talent they can just rotate through it all game and keep guys fresh and keep coming. One of the things that I think 
you know, you look at like a UCF game plan against Pitt or what Josh Heupel does does at Tennessee now, where you just try to run a million plays and tire them out. I don't think that's going to work against this defensive line this year. They're too deep. Um, you're going to have to find a way to block them when they're fresh, and then that's going to be a big challenge. So, as a Mountaineer, as Mountaineer fans, we feel like WVU fans are going to make their presence known at Acrisure Field. It pains me to say that it's still Heinz Field, but I'm trying here. <laughs> so, um, do you feel like Pitt fans are going to have a big turnout, or do you think Mountaineer fans are going to turn out to be just as loud as Pitt fans? Um, I mean, I expected to be probably about like Pitt Penn State was in 2015, 16. Um, where I think it was about 80, 20, but you could certainly hear, um, the, the visiting crowd. But the one thing is the way that Pitt sells the tickets, you know, the West Virginia fans will be all spread out. Um, and so that, you know, it won't be like a visible block or, or anything like that. Also the colors match. So, you know, you, you won't even be look to look at the crowd. You won't even have any idea who's who, uh, it'll just be what you can hear from the crowd. So it'll be a fun atmosphere. I think that's the thing that that I really like about these rivalry games is when you do get that, you know, it's not just the visitor section where there's, you know, I mean, 10 or 20,000 visiting fans uh, taking up a good portion of of the stands. It, it makes it for a fun atmosphere and environment and, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I will say this, like every pit fan in that stadium is going to have a West Virginia fan in in eyesight right i mean like that's so like you know that that's what's good about it that that's what i love about these this kind of game and uh and that's that's one of the things i think people are looking forward to honestly that's my favorite thing about the college football environment is we have season tickets to west virginia home games and you know we get to interact with other fans all the time because you know people sell their tickets and you end up having with an oklahoma fan sitting right behind you and you know just the the friendly banter you know a little bit of friendly trash talk here and there it's always fun. Um, that's what makes college football sports great because college football fans travel and you have the diehards showing up to games. So um, Pitt WVU, I think, is the best of it. But um, college football just as a whole has such a better, much better atmosphere than pro games, in my opinion. Yeah. And plus, you know, uh, it makes me miss, you know, rivals and proximity because we're from West Virginia. We have season tickets to w- WVU games, but we live closer to Pittsburgh than we do Morgantown. So um, I just miss playing old rivals that are close that you actually have the option to go to the game because you don't got to like get on an airplane. So um, it- it's going to be exciting to see what it's like. But uh, next question, Pitt was 11 and three last year. What's your prediction for this year's team? Do you think uh, they're going to take a step back slightly? Cause 11 wins. That's, that's pretty tough to do back-to-back years. Yeah, I think that we'll take at least a small step back, probably ten and two or nine and three. Um, I think that the trip to Miami is very tough. Uh, that's a very talented team with a good quarterback. Uh, they've got Tennessee coming in here, uh, going to be extremely motivated uh, after a, a, a weird loss at in uh, in Neyland Stadium last year. So. I think those are two games that I, I would probably pick Pitt to lose right now. And then, you know, it's college football. So you're probably going to win one that you or lose one that you think you should win. Um, 
you know, that, that's about what I'm, I see from this team. That trip to Louisville is also an interesting, you know, Malik Cunningham's a really special athlete that that could be a tough test. And a lot of that comes early in the season. I mean, and look, I'm not, I'm not counting this game as a win either. You know, week, week one any, in college football, anything can happen. Rivalry game in college football, anything can happen. Um, so, you know, I certainly uh, wouldn't, wouldn't say it's, it's um, in the books that, that, what is it about a touchdown favorite now, or maybe a little mm-hmm. bit less, right? Uh, you know, uh, I, I think that, I think that's a, a nod to the, the talent level that Pitt has amassed while also very carefully calculating the odds that like weird stuff can happen here. And, and nobody feels real good about that first win until it happens, especially when it's against a, a quality opponent. Yeah. And uh, we actually did our preview for WVU season last week and, um, ironically enough, me and Tyler both marked this game up as a loss. Uh, but you know, I don't think it's a bad thing if WV would lose this game. I think it's a really good opportunity to kind of get WV to get their feet underneath them and kind of match up against, you know, the quote unquote big boys and understand what that's like. And, you know, if you get beat up a little bit in a rivalry game, that should put a little bit of a fire under your butt to continue this season out strong. At least I'm hope so. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm with you. Like, even though I'm picking Pitt, I think it's going to be close. I really do. And anytime, you know, there's a possibility of a close game, you you know, you never know. You just get a ball to bounce your way, and who, who knows? It might go to the other team. So, with that being said, uh, do you have a prediction? Do you have, like, a score or how much Pitt might win by? I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be um... – no, you know, I would be very surprised if, if Pitt comes out and you know opens, you know, like a more than two touchdown lead in, in this or something like that. You know, I I expect it to be uh, the kind of game where you know Pitt is probably ahead for most of it, but that you know West Virginia will be in a position where um, you know they only need a couple things to go right, you know, to make some noise at the end of it. So I don't know, maybe something like you know. 27 17 27 20 somewhere in that realm where you know it's really only a big player two away um from from getting real nervous uh for the pit fans and and that's the other thing to talk about the um the sort of psychology of being a favorite if you're pit is that um that that can be a big negative if you know you get that you know you're leading the whole game and I don't know, you you know, like muff a punt or something and then it's in the end zone and and then uh you know a big play and 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 then you're like, what just happened? And there goes the lead and 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 then things get real nervous, real tense, real fast. And and so yeah, I mean I, I can see stuff like that happening. I do think um, you know, if I had to pick, I would pick Pitt to win and and probably buy, you know, no more than no more than about 10 points, but um, Pitt is certainly a very talented team and, and can, and can score and can keep teams from scoring. I I just, I have a hard time predicting blowouts in week one, no matter what. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I see it um, from the West Virginia side. I think it's just kind of too early for all the changes that we ended up making over the off season. Even though we did have the whole summer with all these new guys I can definitely see a costly mistake or two that just throws the game and puts everything out of contention for us. Um, And hopefully it's a learning experience. Like I said earlier. Yeah. Um, Next up, we're going to talk about basically what everyone is most excited for heading into week one. Basically what are you most excited for in this first game? Brandon, you want to kick it off? 
Sure. Uh, so my three, I think, are, are pretty chalk. But um, uh, my first one, JT Daniels and the Graham Harrow offense, obviously um, getting an upgrade over Jarrett Deggy is huge. Um, getting Neil Brown to stop calling offensive plays is probably just as equally as huge. So I have those two as my top. Um, I'm excited to watch the offense this year. I'm excited to have games where um, we're not watching an offense sputter out all the time, go three and out for quarters at a time. Um, and hopefully we get some 30 point games, which seem to be few and far between unless we're playing um, some, whatever they're called FCS junior college type school week two or week three of the season. Um, number two, uh, I have our athletic linebacking core. I feel like during Neil Brown's tenure, a lot of the times our linebacking core has been extremely kind of more downhill run focused, stuff, the middle type linebackers. And now we actually have three or four guys who can run, make plays sideline and sideline and should make the defense a little bit more exciting. help us out against tight ends, which is something that has traditionally killed us. Um, slot receivers we have the athleticism to help cover them a little bit um and just you know make plays in the backfield quickly um you know we haven't really had that in the years past and i'm just excited to see that speed back on the field and my third one is the backyard brawl is back and i think that's enough i think that's self-explanatory it's been too long this should be something that happens every year regardless of what conference um pitt and wvu are in um i would like to see it be done later in the year. You know, I still think this should be a November game, even if we are in different conferences, but still I'll take the backyard brawl brawl being back um, as one of my most excited things um, on my list. Yeah. I'm with you. Go ahead, Alan. What'd you have in mind? Yeah. I'm just excited for the robbery uh, to be back. Uh, I, I go back and forth on the end of the year, beginning of the year. One of the things I really like about it being at the beginning of the year is that it feels it, it, it does sort of give you that big start to the season vibe that you don't always get when it's, you know, Albany, you know, like I, <laughs> you get, you get that. And I, again, Greg Gattuso is the coach of Albany is a really good dude. And so that's like an unfair shot, but um, you know, whatever, you know, you, it's a team that can get everybody fired up. And then, you know, the thing about it is it is by putting this game at the beginning of the season, like you can build it up and you can and you can make it a big deal and you can get everybody fired up for this game. And if you win, you are super excited about this and you are, you know, find a place to put a trophy in your trophy case and and, and talking all kinds of crap on social media for a year. And if you lose, you're going to turn the page next week and be like, look, that was fun. And now we got business to go to. And, and that team that loses this game is still going to have all their goals for this season right there in front of them. They can still win their conference. They can still, um, you know, go to a really good bowl game. And so I think that's, you know, one of the things I like about it being at the beginning of the year. And just um, the, the whole pageantry of it. I'm excited to see West Virginia's uniforms, which look beautiful. Uh, I'm excited to see the West Virginia band. ACC teams do not travel with their bands. And so we get like maybe one visiting band a year. West Virginia marching band is pretty good. So um, I don't know, come up and play Country Roads. That's cool. It's a good song. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I'm I'm generally excited to see for Pitt um, if they can turn the Kenny Pickett era into something bigger. Right. Is this going to be remembered like, um, you know, the the pit teams of the early 2000s where, you know, they had a really good year with Larry Fitzgerald or they had a really good year with with LaShawn McCoy. But there was never 
any continuation of that. There was never any um, sort of sustained success year in and year out that came out of having those really good players. There was a spike, and then it was really back to to mediocrity. Can Pitt turn that really good year into something more and and get the program back to – I mean, look, it's not going to get back to Tony Dorsett and Dan Marino and, and winning national championships year – you know, th- that's probably not a realistic goal. But can it get back to being a team that's, that's talked about being a, you know, a ranked and relevant team uh, every year in college football to be a threat to win its division and go to a conference championship – Every year, I think that's within Pitt's grasp if they can build on the momentum that they had last year. And so I think there's pretty high stakes for Pitt this year, and, I, and I'm excited to see how they handle it. Yeah, um, I mean, my three are basically stuff we've talked about. It's been a decade since the backyard brawl has been played. I'm just excited to see that rivalry back. JT Daniels making his debut. We've hyped him up. WVU fans have hyped him up all offseason. We finally have a bona fide quarterback again. Um, so he does have a lot of pressure on him to perform, but uh, I'm just excited to see him in a Mountaineer uniform uh, playing against an opponent. But my last one is uh, C.J. Donaldson. C.J. Donaldson, if you guys aren't familiar with him, was recruited as a tight end, and then they moved him to like an H-back role. And I have a feeling they're going to be using him in a lot of roles, fullback, tight end, um, maybe even halfback, and then have him, you know, go out wide who knows they say he has great hands i'm just really excited to see a guy of his size with um such versatility maybe um outside blocking for screens maybe catching screens i'm just excited to see a player like that because wvu has really not utilized the tight ends or fullback position in years and um i feel like that's something that's really been missing from our offense so i think it'll be interesting how they use him but um, to, to wrap up the podcast, we just have a few over-under segments. And um, all the WVU-related ones, I'll throw to Brandon. And all the Pitt ones, I will throw over to Alan. So let's get into it. Um, Brandon, WVU will pass the ball 60% of the time um, for the whole year. You have an over or under there. I'm going to go with Over. Um, just because I think that, you know, we have, we have a good, we have an interesting, uh, committee of running backs. I still think the offensive line is still a question mark. I know we return all five starters. I know Wyatt Milam and Doug Nestor are, and Zach Frazier are studs. Um, but you know, there's several teams on our schedule, including Pitt, Oklahoma, Texas that have great defensive lines. So I think it's gonna be harder to, um, to, to run block against those guys. And then also our secondary is our biggest question mark. So if we end up in shootouts, we're gonna have to pass the ball more. So I do think it will be over 60. I don't think it's going to be a lot over 60. It might be like right on the nose 60, but that's my guess. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you. So Alan, same question, but with Pitt, will Pitt pass the ball 60% of the time this year? Like they did last year. Way under, I think maybe yeah. under 50. I, oh, I, I, really? I could see them. They're making a big swing, and um, two reasons for that. One is that you know I just think they're going to want to run the ball. Second thing is I think they're going to win a lot of games, and so when you win a lot of games, you you're trying to, to run the clock out. And and there are especially you know they don't have the world's toughest schedule this year. There are some games where um, they they should be able to um, to to really dominate in conference play. I, I think, and so uh, you know they have the opportunity to to have some big days running the football. 
because they're going to be winning. And so I think that's a combination of the two things that they're going to want to run the ball more. And then when you get ahead, you run. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think they'll be way under 60. All right. These next questions are just for September 1st, the WVU pick game. Brandon, JT Daniels will pass for 300 yards over or under. I'm going to go with under. Um, I think that's a lot to ask for someone's first game. And I understand 300 is kind of easier to do in today's college football game. But I think, you know, just with the atmosphere, um, the first game, the chemistry, um, it's going to be tough. You know, I could see him going for like 275, 280, um, maybe, you know, a couple touchdowns, a couple picks. Yeah, I could see that. So, Alan, Keaton Slovis will throw for 300 yards. What do you think? Well, I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering why we're talking about JT Daniels like he's going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, <laughs> nothing's been decided, right? I mean, I just, uh, maybe I'll have zero yards, you know, we, we don't know. Um, Hasn't been decided. <laughs> uh, I was actually fairly surprised that Pat Narduzzi announced Keaton Slovis as the starting quarterback. Uh, I figured it would be uh, one of those, you figure it out when the guy comes out of the huddle kind of thing. Uh so Slovis over under 300, I will say. I think he can get there, man. That's, that's a pretty good number for him in this game. Um, I, I will say, I, I will say under, I, I just think Pitt's going to be really cautious with how much they want to throw the ball and, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll be under by much, but I, I think under. All right. Um, for the pick game, Brandon, will Bryce Ford Wheaton have? Well, he can't. But one and a half touchdowns. Are you over or under <laughs> for Bryce Ford Wheaton there? I'm gonna go under. Yeah, um, I'd probably go over, but under is fair. So? I mean, I think you know Bryce Ford Wheaton's interesting. Um, obviously, he showed out the spring game but it's still the spring game uh, and yeah. I'm still a Caden Prather truther. I still think he's the best wide receiver on the team. Um, so I'm hoping that Pitt gives too much attention to Bryce Ford Wheaton and Prather kind of gets to show the stud that he actually is. All right. Um, Alan, I know Jared Wayne only had, I think like what, five, six touchdowns last year, but I assume he's going to be the big target this year with, um, with Addison leaving. So do you think he'll have, over or under one and a half touchdowns versus WVU? I think under. Um, I, Wayne will be the deep threat for sure in that offense. But, again, I, I don't think they're going to go deep a lot. And Kanata Mumfield is going to be the slot guy. And to me, this feels like a big Kanata Mumfield game where yeah. you, know, you don't want to give those big momentum-changing plays. You don't want to be throwing the ball downfield and get it intercepted. You, you want to throw those five, six, seven-yard routes that are really high completion percentage let your your new quarterback feel good and feel comfortable. And so uh, I think probably not a big game for Jarrett Wade as much as I would think Mumfield and Gavin Bartholomew being really the guys to me that are going to lead the passing attack in this one. Uh, Jalen Barden also, this guy didn't play that much last year, who is just um, a home run hitting specialist. He, you know, he, he didn't play all that much, but I think every target to him was like a 70-yard pass or something like that. Um, so he's a guy that kind of comes out of nowhere and you really got to watch him and his ability to take the top off of defense. So I, I think he'll play a little bit more this year than he did last year. So maybe that'll take some away from what Wayne will see in that sort of downfield passing game. 
Yeah, nice. All right, Brandon, this might be an easy one, but Tony Mathis will have 12 carries. You going over or under? I'm going to go over. Um, I think this is a tougher game to um, get some of the younger backs involved in. Um, I understand that they've been on the team for at least two years, but um, Mathis, you know, he showed that he can be physical last year, and I think this is going to be a game where you need to be physical um, not only because your rivals, but be also because that pit defensive line, like Alan has said, is really physical. They're really tough to beat. And if you're going to get any sort of run game going, you're going to have to break through any sort of contact that you get at the line of scr- scrimmage. And um, he's the guy, I think, who's built to do it at this stage of his college career. Nice. All right, Alan, Israel Abanaconda. I hope I'm saying that right. Will he have 15 carries? Because you think Pitt's going to run it a lot. You had it pretty close. Banacanda. Um 15's a lot. I don't think any running back had 15 carries last year. Um, I think they'll probably split it up a little bit. This will definitely be a game where you want to rely on some older guys. And, and Vincent Davis is that guy in that room for Pitt. Um, he's also definitely the best pass protector of Pitt's running backs. And so if they're you know wanting to really – you know, protect Slovis and and minimize that lack of mobility as as an issue. I think they'll want to trust Vincent Davis early. The way I see Abanacanda getting 15 carries is if Pitt gets up pretty big early and then they're just trying to take the air out of the ball. Um, I could see that happening, but I think it'll probably be closer to 10 or 12 than 15. Okay, that's fair. Last one for you two guys. First up, Brandon. Dante Stills will have one and a half sacks. Over, under, right on the money. What do you think? I'm going to go, I would say right on the money. Um, I do think, you know, if this ends up being a close game, you know, and, and Pitt does end up passing more, I could see him being kind of the factor. And he's come in to the season noting where he wants to be more consistent and play every play with more energy. Now it's one thing to say it, another thing to do it. And we did see last year where when he was on, he was the best player on the football field, but you need to take breaks and it has to do with conditioning. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that he comes in with that conditioning that he needs. And with the way that Jordan Leslie, you know, moves around people on the defense, I think that will allow you to move stills into a position where he can attack one of the weaker places against Pitt's um, def- offensive line, which isn't left tackle. I think that's probably one of the stronger spots there. So um, getting him into position to, you know, at least cause some pressure um, could lead to at least, you know, one and a half sacks. So I'm going to say right on the money because I think that's reachable for him. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, last one, Alan. Combine, Cansey and Baldonado will have three and a half sacks, over or under? Hmm. Three and a half is a ton. Um, it's for two guys, though. I I think for the two guys, I'd have a hard time predicting two guys over three and a half sacks. Probably under. But I could see the whole pit defensive line being well over that. Um, and I do think it's, it's um, you know, like you're talking about moving Dante Stills around. I think there will be – some cat and mouse there as well. Um, you know, John Morgan, uh, number six, is a guy that can really rush the passer. And if you're super focused on those two guys, like he'll make you pay for that. And so I, I do think um, that, that especially if Pitt can get uh, WVU into some third and longs, 
that they'll bring pressure from a number of different guys and it just won't be that that first four. And so I think you'll see um, a bunch of different players in on it and, and the linebackers as well. Savasia Dennis is an all-ACC linebacker and, and a really good pass rusher when they free him up. He has a lot of coverage responsibilities uh, on early downs especially, but when they free him up, he, he really get after the quarterback too. So I think the pit will spread it around a little bit more. They they might have a lot of sacks, but I don't think it'll be more than three and a half with two guys. All right, yeah, that's fair. And I, I the one thing I want to you know talk about too, real quick when it comes to pit sacks is that you know I, I like the way that WVU kind of moved around their offensive line, moving um, Wyatt Milam to left tackle um, last year. Brandon Yates, who might be starting right tackle last year, played left tackle, and he was really really poor um he got beat by it seems like everyone so i think if he was starting left tackle um going into this game i I think you know that combination would probably at least get three and a half sacks because he was man not good yeah Yeah, i I think Pitt's offensive line if if there's a weakness to it you know i think it can be beaten straight up the middle especially with odd fronts and west virginia plays a lot of odd fronts I, i think we might see some stills like down as like a one tech or something like that um and and really trying to um, you know push that a gap backwards right at Keaton Slovis, and I think that is probably what I would be doing to attack that pit offensive line if I was WVU. Like they like the odd front, they don't mind moving people around. Stills is a definitely a big enough dude to play in there, and I, I think it's putting your strength against the weakness. And, and like you said, I, I mean I just don't know if. If you put Stills at, at, up against Carter Warren, I think I think the best you're hoping for there is a draw. I think you can win other places, and and I think that's I think there's an opportunity for him to wreck some things in the middle there, for sure. Yeah, I'd love to see that too. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I had, Brandon. You got anything else? No, that's all I had. I think this was super helpful. I learned a lot about Pitt. Um, I just knew enough from reading through some previews and stuff like that. But Alan, you are a guru. Um, you have so much knowledge about Pitt. I really appreciate you jumping on and sharing all the wealth of information you have about the Pitt Panthers program. Absolutely. 100%, man. We we can't thank you enough. Um, I love this. I always like learning a lot about the opponent before we go into the game. I mean, I feel like we know enough about our own team. We want to know what we're going to see on the other side of the field. Glad I could bring that for you guys. And, uh, you know, see this again sometime. No, 100%. Thanks, man, and thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. Bye, everyone.